is a certain type of leadership that's defined as wanting to serve and to serve first and making sure that the people you serve grow as people, that they become healthier, wiser, freer, more autonomous, and more likely themselves become servants. And as you have the natural tendency to serve, you become a leader because of that. Welcome to Captivate the Room with your host, internationally known voice expert, Tracy Goodwin, an award-winning speaker who has taught hundreds around the globe to make a big impact with their voice. This podcast is for anyone who wants to step onto a bigger stage, make a bigger impact, and have a voice that makes people listen. Presentation matters, and the voice is the missing link. Join in and you'll see why. Welcome to the show. So glad to have you with me today. As always, I appreciate you being a listener of the Captivate the Room podcast. And I've got a great episode for you today. I've got another former student with me, Marianne Hill. And she has got some really interesting things to say today about leadership and motherhood. Really cool connection. I know you're going to love hearing from her very quickly. If you haven't taken the mass quiz yet, I want you to go take it. The link's in the show notes. I want you to find out what kind of voice masks you have and how they're keeping you from max connection in your business, in your life, in your relationships. I think you're going to love it. I'm so, so excited to have that quiz. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Marianne. She loves good food, good stories and really good chocolate. Okay, do I need to even say anything else? No, I will. Her favorite title is Mom, with Grandma recently added. She's an educator and coach transforming moms from the role of janitor to CEO in their homes. She has a BS in educational psychology and is graduating in 2022 with a master's degree in organizational leadership. She believes that motherhood is the ultimate training ground for leadership and that raising heroic humans is within the reach of every mom. When she's not doing schoolwork, coaching, or teaching piano, she loves to hang out with her adult daughters, go on walks with friends, and obsessively organize her calendar. Her five-minute claim to fame, her claims to fame, include being on the cover of La Leech League's book, Mothering Your Nursing Toddler, and having her picture on the MTV website in her Alice costume during the height of her twilight obsession. You can find her in the links in the show notes, and I think you're going to love hearing from her. It's a very unique thing that she's talking about, and I know you're going to benefit, even if you're not a mom. Even if you're not a mom, there is so much cool stuff that we discuss around leadership and being a CEO of the house and so much more. All right, let's head on over to the show. Mary Ann, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you with me today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, well, this is this is going to be a treat for the audience. I always start with telling us about what you do. That's always the starting point. And then we'll just go from there. So Marianne and I, like I mentioned in the introduction, 
know each other. She was a student of mine, and I'm I'm so intrigued with the work that she does. Wanted to have her on the show. So tell us what you do. So I am an educator and a coach, and my job is transforming moms from janitor to CEO in their own homes and in their own lives. Wow. So I have a background in educational psychology, and I'm weeks away from getting a master's in organizational leadership, which is what led me to this idea that motherhood is really the ultimate training ground for leadership and that raising heroic humans is within the reach of every mom. So what made you want to do a master's degree? (laughs) That is a good question. I just kind of wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to do one just because I wanted to. And then I loved it so much. I did another one. Well, there you go. It ended up being a good diversion during COVID. It literally started the week that COVID hit. So, and it was an online program. So that worked out great. Yeah. But that's really wonderful. So it's been a master's in organizational leadership. Okay. Okay. Well, I love this analogy of janitor to CEO in the home. And I think that's really in many, many ways, how we feel and many, many ways, what happens, Mm -hmm. right? What made you want to work with moms like this? Because being a mom is my favorite thing in the whole world. And I recently got grandma added and that's a pretty cool title too. Yeah. But I, I really loved being a mom and I know a lot of people don't necessarily love being a mom because it often doesn't get the regard that it deserves in our society. And so when I realized that all these leadership traits are really motherhood skills that just elevated it in my mind. And I wanted to express that to all the other moms and have them have that same feeling and experience that they're really developing leadership skills and being leaders in their own homes, in their own lives. And that those skills are transferable if they want to go out and work in any job, any organization, volunteer, paid, all those skills are the skills that they need. Yeah. Well, let's talk for a minute. I want to talk about leadership and I want to talk about coaching, but I, I'm fascinated with what you just said about a lot of people don't love, now I, I may misquote you, but about not loving being a mom. I just get the sense from, I mean, it, it's, it is an overwhelming job, especially Art. when your kids are little. Like, yeah. It just feels like it's taking everything out of you. And without proper perspective, I think it can take everything out of you. And I don't think we get a lot of reinforcement from society that what you're doing is valuable. What you're doing is creating skills. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, I remember when, and I was a single parent and I felt many times like a human Kleenex (laughs) when he was little, you know, I thought, man, I, I, this, it was, it was challenging and rewarding for sure. Yes, I used to just joke that my clothes were the canvas for the day for, you know, whatever (laughs) spilled, spit up on it. Yeah, (laughs) That's about right. You have two, you have two daughters. I have two daughters. Yep. They're both grown now. And then a grand daughter or granddaughter. Yep. Seven months old. 
Okay. Something that I was thinking about when you were talking about the being a mom, so many moms, you'll hear them say this. Well, I think this is interesting. And I don't know if you can talk to this or not, but a lot of times we'll say, or I'll see people say, I'm just a mom. Mm -hmm. Or people will ask, oh, what do you do? First of all, we why are we determining why is that the first question we ask, right? I mean, which is what we do. We've been trained to do that in society, but you'll see a mom almost bristle at how am I going to validate this role? Mm-hmm. I, do you, do you, can you talk to that? Do you see that? I see it. I, I do see that. And that's why this excites me so much of elevating this to leadership position to the idea of CEO in your own home, because this whole program that I was involved in, I didn't really realize when I signed up for it, that it was about leading organizations. And so during the whole program, I kind of felt like I was out of place because I was like, well, I don't really work in an organization. You know, there were people who were in the army there and people who worked in large companies and I was like, well, I'm self-employed and I'm a mom. So I work by myself all the time. But then when I realized that all these skills could be applied to motherhood, and when I went back and looked at the papers I had written, nearly every one of them, I had referenced motherhood in it. Finally, it clicked when I was coming to my final project. And I was like, this is what people need to hear. That you're not just a mom. That this is the ultimate form of leadership and training. And to elevate that, at least in the eyes of the mom. And then when she's asked that question, it comes from a different energy than I'm just a mom. It's like, yeah. no, I'm a mom. Yeah, which is really and truly such an important role. Yes. Such an important role. And I've learned that more and more and more as my son has gotten older. Mm-hmm. Because I see where I made mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it's so it's not to not to scare anybody, but there's it is a it is a it is leadership. It is. Absolutely. And there's there's the poem. I don't have who it's by right now. If I looked at my notes, I would. But the last line of it is the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. Oh, yeah. And I absolutely love that because it's so true whether society gives credit to it or not. Yeah. And why do you think, and that's a, I'm going to ask something, but it's a really loaded question. Why is it, is it just because it's always been that way? Is it because culturally women stayed home? There's so many societal implications around women's voices. Yeah. There's societal implications around men's voices, but is it just, we always do what we've always done? Do you have any thoughts around that? I have so many thoughts around that. It would be a whole different podcast. A whole nother episode. (laughs) But yeah, I I think a lot of things come into play that, I mean, there is the biologically, you know, women are in that role of motherhood. They have Mm -hmm. the ability to birth and feed the baby. So it's not this random thing that moms become the primary caregivers for their children. I think that biologically moves that way, but there's also the societal implications, this systemic way we've created our culture, different cultures do it differently. There's all sorts of things that come into play. Yeah. That what you just said, and you would know this more than me, but I bet even culturally, 
I know I have worked with, I remember working with a woman, I think she was in Norway. I think she was in Norway, but she got a year off maternity Mm -hmm. leave. They get a year off paid maternity leave. And so even looking at different countries, I bet there's different dynamics. Yeah. It's really interesting. Mm -hmm. My daughter and I have been discussing these things a lot since she had her baby. Like, I don't know, in the United States, it's ridiculous to think a woman is going to bounce back in six weeks. You're not even sane after six weeks. Your body hasn't covered, like you can barely walk. Right. And that's about the norm is six weeks paid maternity. So I'm not sure these days, but I know. And then, you know, we, we give voice credit to moms, but then there's no place to nurse your baby. There's no changing right. table in the, yeah. the room. You know, there's no support for fathers to stay home and help for a while and support the mom and the baby. And we just don't have those things in play. I don't think very well in our culture. There's a lot of things we could do better to support moms. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So I want to switch to coaching. What made you want to be a coach? Basically, I took a course when I was a young mom and struggling that helped change my trajectory. And so ever since then, I've wanted to be able to do that for other women. And I, I, I did it a little bit while I was raising my kids, but I took a lot of time raising my kids. And now that they're grown, I was like, okay, now I can really step into this. And coaching wasn't really a thing back then. So I wasn't sure how to get my message out. Mm. I I would teach at like community programs occasionally and things like that. So when I found coaching, it kind of, kind of clicked with, okay, this is a tool I can use to get this message out and actually help people implement it rather than just being like, here's some good ideas. Good luck. (laughs) Right. So you've been, you got into coaching before coaching was really a thing. No, I only just the last couple of years. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And when you got into coaching, did you know you were going to do this leadership round? No. Or did that really birth itself over this master's degree? Yes. That really came about with this master's degree and doing my final project. It, it was just something that came to me one morning when I was pondering, I guess. <laughs> yeah. What kind of coaching did you think you were going to do or did you start with? Well, it's it's always been the same idea of empowering mothers mm. and working with young moms. But I just have a better focus now with these leadership skills. So in the program, the concentration I was in was specifically called servant leadership. And there's very few programs in the United States with that. I'm I was at Gonzaga and this emphasis on servant leadership is a certain type of leadership that's defined as wanting to serve and to serve first and making sure that the people you serve grow as people, that they become healthier, wiser, freer, more autonomous, and more likely themselves become servants. And as you have the natural tendency to serve, you become a leader because of that. I love that. So tell us more about how you're going to do this work. Who's the ideal person to work with you? And what is that going to look like? And I know you might still be figuring that out. Yes, it's always evolving. 
to me, my ideal person would be a young mom because okay. they have the potential still in front of them to raise these kids in a heroic way where the children grow up with these ideas and with these skills and become leaders and heroes in their own story. So I think young moms have this great influence to not only influence themselves, but the next generation as well. But I don't think it's too late for anybody. Yeah, <laughs> I've already got uh, my grown kids and I'm like so excited about this. I'm like, this is great. I love this. <laughs> yeah, I, I always think about that when I talk about how one phrase before you're five years old determines how you're going to use your voice the rest of your life. And parents will always go, hold on a minute. Wait a minute. I think I've screwed my kid up. <laughs> and yep. it's it, it's not that dramatic. So what? So you teach these servant leader principles then? Yes. Okay. And do people even know they need these? I don't think, I don't think the awareness is there. That's what, mm. that's one of the things like, like I didn't make that connection till the end of my program either. But once you see it, it's almost obvious, like these skills are skills that mothers naturally have to have or create to just survive motherhood. Yeah. And then some of them are ones that maybe you don't have to have, but if you're aware of, you can cultivate them and become even better at them, become a better mom. So, I mean, I can tell you in the literature, the things that are listed as characteristics of servant leadership are things like listening, empowering, awareness, persuasion, foresight, vision, healing, stewardship, building community, communication, moral authority, being a person of character, being a systems thinker, all of these different traits that you might not be like, oh yeah, that's a motherhood trait. But when you look at it, mm. it is. Yeah. What do you think it is that you just said, you just said a word and, oh, and you didn't say overwhelmed, but do we just get, is, is it, is it that, that it's so overwhelming that we get into survival mode and we just get into, let me get through this day mode. Is that what you see with younger moms? It may be. Yeah. Cause especially the young mom stage is, uh, is an overwhelming stage. And so I think even the act of having a coach takes you that step back to actually take a broader look at your mm -hmm. life for maybe an hour a week and be, and, and have that different lens to look at it and be able to see what you're doing and accomplishing rather than I changed 20 diapers this week. <laughs> right, right, right. And well, that's the power of coaching, right? We can't mm -hmm. see our own blind spots. Yeah. Yeah, we have to, I mean, it, well, it's certainly, we can't see our own blind spots. And so there's so much to learn, but also it's got to shorten up the process and make it better. That is the idea. Yes. That yeah. having a coach will help you avoid some of the mistakes so that the, uh, yeah, the line from here to there is a little yeah. shorter and more concise rather than curvy. You take a more straight line from here to there. Yeah, for That's sure. The goal. <laughs> are the people that you, that are your ideal client, are they also running businesses as well? 
Not necessarily. No. Okay. Not necessarily, but maybe. Yeah. Whatever they want to be doing. I can't imagine running a business with a small child or all these people that had to get on Zoom and their kids were home during Mm -hmm. COVID. (laughs) Yeah. I never had to do that. So. No, I didn't need. Well, my son was home. Good for them. High school. (laughs) Yeah. That takes tremendous patience, I would think. So these principles, how do you teach people to to teach or be this way as a parent? Like um, awareness, I think, is one of them that you said, or listening. Yeah, listening is the one I've really been focusing on recently as one of the skills. So, I mean, I I can break that down and there's all sorts of different things. And the other thing before I even go into that is just that this, this idea of servant leadership has been studied mm. and has actual results that have been proven over time. And there are certain companies and people who use these principles. So it's not like this, this made up idea that someone had and was like, here, we'll just put it in a book and pretend it's real. You know, like Starbucks, Southwest, oh, Men's really? Warehouse, like these companies follow these principles And the results they've found are things like self-actualization for the follower. So if you're a mom, maybe that's your child. Greater team effectiveness. So your family. Positive impact on society. What mom doesn't want their child to have a positive impact on society and themselves to have a positive impact on society. So there's a whole list of proven results as well. So I just want to point that out that this has been studied and has been proven. It's not just this cool idea that's out there. Yeah. So Starbucks and Southwest Airlines do that mm-hmm. type of leadership? Yep. That's interesting. That's very interesting. I can totally see that with Southwest. I mm-hmm. know several people that work for Southwest. So listening, that's, listening. That, that's a problem to begin with. Don't even bring <laughs> servant leadership into it. People don't listen anymore. Yeah, I guess that fits with what you do too. Oh, the talking and the listening. So 100%. That's part of why we don't captivate people. That's part of why we don't connect. That's part of why we we just talk at people because we never heard what they said anyway. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about listening a little bit. Okay. Teach us something around that, Marianne. <laughs> Teach us how to be better listeners. <laughs> well, I've been focusing on three areas, listening to yourself, mm. listening to others, and listening to ask better questions. I love so Where do you want to start with that? That is so good. Well, I definitely know the most, I would think, about others and asking questions because some of those components are in my teaching, but listening to self is fabulous. Let's start mm-hmm. with that. We don't listen to ourselves. Is that the gist of it? Yeah, especially young moms, especially moms in general, Mm. I think get inundated with the thoughts, feelings, needs, activities of their family that they tend to put themselves last, thinking that is the unselfish thing to do, which is not necessarily the case. So, I mean, starting at the most basic, a simple thing to do to listen to yourself is to just put your thoughts on paper. Just brain dump everything that's in your brain onto paper. And then 
your thoughts become matter. They're actual physical things on a piece of paper. Okay. And you can, it gives you that step back from them because they're out of your brain then. And like I said, they, they do actually become matter because they matter to you. And you can just look at them differently when they're on a piece of paper than out of your brain. And it seems so simple. And even I resist it. I'm like, what's the difference between writing it down and just having it in your brain? But it does make a difference to just put it on paper. And a lot of times, once you put it on paper, you're just like, well, that's ridiculous. That's not true. That's not real. You know, you can take that step back where in our brains, we just like to swirl around. Yeah. Over and over with the same thoughts. So that's just a really basic activity to start listening to yourself. Well, and a lot, there's been studies done on writing things down Mm -hmm. that there, there are plenty of teachers or coaches that I've encountered. They don't even want you typing your notes. They literally want you to write it because it does something different, but that's, that's goes into that self-care bucket. And that self-care bucket frustrates me at times because people self-care like it's, it's bigger than a bath. It's bigger than a bath. And this is what to me is real self-care when we use that term is learning to trust yourself, learning to listen to yourself, learning to know what is frustrating you or whatever it is, is so critical. And when you were talking about moms always being last, mm-hmm. we it's just this innate thing, right? Oh, well, I'll get my dinner later or I'll always the, the last one, which is noble, but dangerous. And is it really noble? Right. That is a question. So the, the next part of like knowing, listening to yourself is actually knowing what you want. Mm-hmm. And I think moms often forget what they want. And there's some certain beliefs and thoughts that keep us from knowing what we want. We have the ideas that wanting is selfish, Mm -hmm. especially like if I have a good life already, you know, I've got this home, I've got these kids. How should I be allowed to want anymore? This is what I always wanted. But wanting isn't selfish. I think that once we're in touch with those inner thoughts, the really wanting is, is our true desires and innate abilities coming to the surface. Like, this is what you can offer. Mm-hmm. So I think it's actually your truest self coming out when you are paying attention to what you want rather than it's selfish. And we get these ideas like wanting is ungrateful. Mm-hmm. Well, if I already have things I shouldn't want anymore, that's mm-hmm. ungrateful. And the the best analogy I've heard for that one is like wanting another child. Mm. You completely love and are grateful for the child you have, and you can still want another one. It doesn't mean you love or want your first child any less. It's it's that things can multiply rather than this zero sum idea. So there's some some lack mentality in there a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And then we also have like the idea that wanting is is childish, like having a temper tantrum like a toddler, like, well, I want this and I want it now. And I actually think that the process of 
knowing what you want, and then taking action to get what you want is what brings about the internal changes that we so need and desire to become heroes in our own lives. Yeah. No matter what the external thing we want is, even if it seems superficial, we have to make internal changes to get there. And that's what makes the difference in our lives. That's what helps us develop these leadership skills and these skills that help us raise our families better, be better members of society and be better leaders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So listening better to others. Listening to others. I read a fascinating article. Well, my daughter was pregnant. She sent me this article and it was about women in labor. And the conclusion was that women in labor who were listened to by their doctors, nurses, midwives suffered less than other women. Simply the power of listening to them and acknowledging their wants and needs caused their suffering to go down. Hmm. And I thought that was fascinating that the act of listening is in itself powerful and healing. And does that link right up with everybody needs to be heard? I wonder. I think so. Yeah. I think that's an innate desire in all of us. We want, all want to be seen and valued and heard mm-hmm. as human beings. I think that's our core desire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. And ask better questions. Talk to us about that. Okay. Listening to ask better questions. I love this idea. If you want to change your life, you change your questions. If you want a great life, you ask great questions. I love that so much. (laughs) And there was a statement in one of my leadership books. He said, whenever you attempt to make a statement, ask a question instead. Instead of saying, here's what you should do. You say, Mm. what should we do? He said, don't be the one with the best answers. Be the one with the best questions. Yeah. And then you'll get the best answers. Yeah, I'm 100% with that. We tend to think we have the answers and then we don't listen to others and then we don't learn Mm -hmm. and then they're not on board with us. Leadership is asking the questions, listening and inspiring people to move forward with that information. Yeah. You know, James Wedmore is one of my mentors and he talks all the time about if you want a better business, ask better questions. Mm -hmm. And I think that is probably valuable everywhere. Why why is it that we do? I have to think this through. I love this. Why we do? And we do. Let me give you your answer. I've got the answer. Mm -hmm. What is it behind that? We want to matter. Ego. I feel like, we, yeah, totally ego. I want to feel like I'm important. Let me show you I wanna... that I know something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, not now I'm going to go into a dangerous territory. <laughs> and I'm questioning should I even go into this dangerous territory because I don't want it to be taken out of context. I'm not bucketing all men, all women, 
But having done this work for so, so very long, and it's not just men, but I think problem solvers specifically, which many men are, they go right to solution. Let me help you. And sometimes we just need to be heard. Mm -hmm. So that's very interesting. How do we ask better questions? Well, there are some some tools for that. And it's also very important to realize it really is a skill to learn because different questions have different feelings. Like if you ask the question, why can't I trust you to do what you say you will do? That has one feeling versus what can I do to help you accomplish what needs to be done? Mm. Completely different. They'll get the same you're looking for the same result, but you're going to get two completely different results from those questions because one's going to make the person defensive and one is opening it up yeah. to have a conversation. I love that. What do you think is better? Are open-ended questions better? Should we be asking yes, no questions? I don't think so. Not most no. of the time because that's no. not where we learn. Right. We need That's to be where asking we're, questions. we're looking for an answer that we want. We <laughs> want. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A, a big uh, part of my program in this organizational leadership was really overcoming biases that we have and learning to listen to others, seeing others' perspectives and seeing others' stories. Yeah. There's so much value in that. And if we're asking yes or no questions, we're not getting that. That is really good. And I don't think we learn to communicate that way. Mm -hmm. We learn to communicate from the perspective of this is what I think and feel. That bias training must have been very interesting. It it was because it showed me a lot of biases that I didn't know I had that I was like, oh, look at that. How about that? And with motherhood, applying this back to motherhood, how often do we listen to our children? Or do we assume we've got the answer? We don't take the time to listen to young children because we're like, we know better. When Mm. we could probably learn something if we listened to their perspective, their side, take it into consideration. And that's also a better way to get people on board with the vision and moving forward if they were contributing to it rather than being told what to do. Yeah, Nobody likes to be told what to do. We're just humans. We don't like that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and, you know, I think we've moved away from when I was little, it was very much, well, you'd ask for something or you'd want to know a reason behind something or whatever. And it was because I said so. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, that's a shutdown right there. Yeah. At least give me a why. At least give me a why in that. Yeah. But even, and that definitely doesn't fit the definition of servant leadership. I wouldn't think so. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't think that that is not in the servant leadership brochure. Yeah, kind of just the opposite. Going yeah. back to, the, to the listening to others, there was a big emphasis on silence as well. That mm. in order to listen to others, you have to shut up occasionally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we, we actually did a really interesting class where it was supposed to be an immersion, but because of COVID, we had to do it on Zoom. But it was with monks in a monastery. And so we learned a lot about Benedictine monks. And one of their rules in the olden days was 
to not speak unless asked a question. And we were challenged to apply these rules to modern day. And of course, that seems really ridiculous to us. Like you would never just be quiet until you were asked a question. But maybe there is some benefit to this radical restraint of speech that they had. Because we fear, I I think we fear silence so much. If you've ever been like in a meeting or a room where no one's talking, it's just like you're hoping that the next person will say something to break the silence because everybody feels awkward. But really, if we allow the silence, something is going on in that silence. And we're thinking and we're learning and we're growing. Rather than thinking nothing's going on in silence, really thinking it's really true that often the solution is found in silence. You have to have that time of quiet to process things, to listen to others, and to search for solutions. And our world is so full of noise. Mm, So noisy. That we really have to make a concerted effort to have silence. Yeah. That that's truly, truly interesting. And in my work, pause is the greatest challenge for everyone. They're uncomfortable in it. They don't want to pause. People are looking at me. The, not, not something that people want to sign up for. But based on in, in relation to what you were saying, I remember one time years ago, I saw Oprah on a video. And I'm not a I'm not a big Oprah follower, but I remember this video. And somebody asked her how she gets her answers of where to go next or what to do next or direction or it was something like that. It's been a long time ago since I saw that. And she said, I sit and I wait and and I sit and I wait and I don't move forward until the answer comes. And if I will sit there in the silence, the answer will always come. Mm -hmm. And I know I have certainly found that to be true in my life. Sometimes I have to sit in the silence for a while. Yeah. And it's hard to trust that. Really hard to trust that. We move forward at such a high speed these days that waiting more than 15 seconds for something is uncomfortable. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. And sometimes I remember silence for days trying to get certain answers. Mm -hmm. And I think we are addicted to busy. And I think we are. I don't know if we're addicted to noise, but there is noise everywhere. Yeah, there's almost no escaping noise. So whether we're addicted to it or not, right? it's really hard to escape. Right. I see these people talk about they went on a social media diet and they didn't get on social media for a week or a month or three months or whatever. That must be glorious because I remember when we didn't have all that. Mm -hmm. And I, I know the world has gotten noisier and noisier, but it's... It is. You're right. There's no escaping it. I might so have one to do of, one, one of those detox, detox things, those social media detoxers. So one of the things we did as part of our program when we actually did get to do an in-person immersion, which was exciting, was what I'm calling now a conscious walk. Every morning mm-hmm. of our immersion, they had us go walk in silence by ourselves. And my teacher liked to say, everything is relevant and nothing is random. 
which I don't know that you can live by that all the time because if everything is relevant all the time, life would be overwhelming. But to go on a walk with this idea, okay, everything is relevant to notice the little details, the flowers, the cracks in the sidewalk, the temperature, what you're thinking, what you're feeling. And if nothing is random, okay, why, why am I noticing that? What's nature trying to tell me? What's the universe trying to tell me? What are the answers I'm getting here? And to just kind of go and be guided by nature. And it sounds silly and I felt ridiculous doing it, but there was something to it. Oh yeah. And you just gave into the process and you're like, okay, I'm just going to let nature guide me wherever. <laughs> yeah. And the first day I did that, I remember I, I finally, I found this tree and I went to go sit under the tree, it had a table under the tree. We were on college campus and I sat down at this table and there was one word like scratched into the table and it said M-A-R-I-A-N. Now it's not quite my spelling of Marianne, oh, wow. but it but was still. really close. So I was like, okay, nothing's random. My table right. has my name on it. That's wild. So, and then just sat there and just kind of pondered and thought for a little, like, what, mm -hmm. what's my next step in life? What is nature trying to teach me? It's just an exercise that anybody can do that forces or encourages you into that silence and into that pondering, into listening to yourself, into accepting the silence. So it kind of yeah. combines all of them. So that's something that people can put into practice. Yeah. I do that kind of thing all the time here. Mm -hmm. At least once a week, I go down and walk the beach. Mm -hmm. At least once a week. And I think that, I think that's fascinating and true. And I also believe, and I've believed this forever, that every single person that I encounter, either I have a message for them or they have a message for me. There, there's nothing random which that's a little further out there. Yeah, that's But I have found that to be true. I have found that. I like to be that. True. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think about technology as you're talking about that. And especially the younger people that, I mean, I had to learn technology. I, there was a big learning curve. There was, I, I don't know that I have a love relationship with it. But the younger generations, they knew it from such an early age. I didn't know a computer until I was in my 30s. Mm -hmm. That's when they came out. And the email, that came, they came out in my 30s. These people, they come out with an iPad. They come out of the womb with one. <laughs> I think it's a prize or something. You know, they know how to, these little ones know how to do all of this. Does that make them need that more, those nature type things more? And does it make them less inclined to be able to set the technology down? I wonder. I definitely think it's more pervasive now because it is yeah. just everybody has it all the time. And it's, mm -hmm. it's basically a necessity in society right yeah. now. You can just say, well, I'm going to give it up forever. That's not reasonable. Yeah, it's not reality. So I, that's why these, these skills are even more important because it does take a conscious, a really conscious effort to put it down, walk away, trust the natural process of things rather than Googling everything. Oh, right. Google doesn't have all the answers. It seems no. to, 
But another fascinating part of this leadership program was we talked about like quantum physics and source and, you know, scientists have proven that there is this energy source field that we're all connected to and that we can tap into that source field. And like, it's been proven by quantum physics, which is so cool. And so Google doesn't have all the answers, but the answers are there. Yeah. But it takes time, energy, and silence to tap into them. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool. Well, this is going to be great for the people that you work with. Well, I had fun talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can just see so much benefit for, I I remember being a parent and it was challenging and I just had one. Mm -hmm. I don't know. They say it's easier with more than one, but I don't know if I believe (laughs) that. And we've only talked about listening. And like at the beginning, I listed, I don't know, 10 to 15 different characteristics. So when I have time, I'm going to like flesh out all of them and really dive deep into all of them and, and educate moms about them and then coach them to be able to actually put them into practice and become the leaders in their own lives and create leaders for the next generation. And this is going to be the components of your program. Are you going to do a program where you coach one-on-one? Yeah, right now I coach one-on-one. Okay. Okay, so you teach these principles to people. If they wanted to work with you, you teach these principles. Yes, and then we coach on their specific things they're going through right then and then bring in any principles and practices that apply to them. Yeah. Are some of us going to be better at some of these and not as proficient at others? Are there some... We might have some decent listening skills, but go over here to the empathy department and we're not so strong. Absolutely. I mean, we all have our strengths and weaknesses and the practice now is to play to your strengths, which Mm -hmm. I really like that rather than trying to always like focus on our weaknesses and make them better. Let's focus on our strengths and just really do well in those. So some people do have specific strengths and knowing that they're your strengths and working with them can be super empowering. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us tend to focus on what we're not good at and then beat ourselves up mentally about it. Yeah. When the opposite would be just way more helpful. Yeah. Do you have one of those principles in there to help people that beat themselves up? Because I think that's everybody. I think we all Yeah, I think that's what, why we need coaching on a regular basis because we all do that. Coaches need coaches too, because we all do that. Like you said, we can't see our own blind spots. So we just think it's like the truth. Right. Well, of course it's that way. Nope. Actually, you don't have to beat yourself up over that. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Who knew? Who knew it could be that simple, but not. So then you'll build a program, do you think? You'll build a digital course or something around all of this? Oh, I don't know. I haven't gotten that far yet. We'll see where all this amazingness leads. I'm just, yeah. like I said, it's just formulating now. I've been doing my final project based on this and it's all coming together. So when do you graduate? May 7th. Oh, okay. That's coming up. And you've got the final project and then... Yep. You have a master's. 
Yep. That's awesome. That's really awesome. Now, are you going to do videos around this on your Instagram? (laughs) We'll see. I haven't seen you on the Instagram in a while lately. I I haven't done any videos lately. No, no. you've been busy doing this. I've, yeah, I've been busy working on my uh, final project here. It's due next week. I, I'm basically finished this weekend, but still have a few tweaks to get it ready to turn. No, I remember. I've I've been diving into that. I'll I'll come up for air in a little bit. I actually have one class after I graduate. I walk graduation May 7th, but I still have one more class. Okay. So you, will you actually walk? Yep. Yeah. So it's the school is in your town then. No, I'm going to go up to Washington and walk through graduation. Oh, that's awesome. I did that much work. I'm going to celebrate. (laughs) No joke. Master's degrees. I mean, it's great because it's in, it's all the stuff you are into. It's not things you're not into like math. It's really fun to learn all this. Yeah, I bet. I bet. All right. Well, tell us, tell us where we can find you. Where do people go to look for you if the moms listening want to learn more about this? Well, you can reach out to me personally anytime you want. Um, coaching with Marianne at gmail.com. And my social media is at coaching with Marianne. I'm most on Instagram. Facebook just kind of copies my Instagram, but that's where you can yeah. find me. And you can reach out and we can get together for one on one and see how we can help you become the CEO of your life. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I'll put the links in the show notes mm-hmm. to the email and the social media. And I think this is so good. I, I don't know that I've heard of anybody talking about anything like this. And I, I think it's so valuable. I know you're going to be able to help a lot of people. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Yeah. All right. Well, anything you want to leave us with? No, that was that was a lot of good stuff. I think you've got a lot for to digest for now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When we've got 14 more points that we're going to have to learn. So <laughs> That's right. Gonna, we've got years of learning ahead of us. I guess so. It sounds like mm. it. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today. This has just been really, really wonderful. Well, thanks. It's been fun to talk with you, Tracy. And thank you, listeners. You know how much I value and appreciate you, but I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up for today. Until I see you next time, you know what to do. Get out there and speak your truth. Just do it beautifully. Thanks for listening to Captivate the Room with Tracy Goodwin. You can reach out to her at CaptivateTheRoom.com and be sure to grab The Voice Formula, a free video series that will help you start making a bigger impact with your voice today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on iTunes. 